You're listening to On The Brink, a podcast that brings you up-and-coming country music artists. We especially prohibit the reproduction of any parts of the podcast without our written consent. Please send your request via onthebrinkpodcast.com, where you can also sign up for updates. Please also support our sister site, stonecoldcountry.net. We sincerely thank you for listening and congratulate you on your expanding music library. Hey y'all, Santa here. I'd like to thank Recruiting Awesome for sponsoring this On The Brink podcast episode. If you're an organization that is looking to hire new employees, I would absolutely recommend that you go to recruitingawesome.net and find out more about this stellar organization. They have over 15 years of experience in the talent acquisition and HR consulting space. They are absolutely able to put your organization on the right expansion plan. If this sounds appealing to you, then why not just give them a call right now? That phone number is 1-800-748-0518. Once again, that number is 1-800-748-0518. Or you can visit them at recruitingawesome.net. They take the worry out of recruiting. And don't forget to tell them that you heard the good news from Santa. You know, when again, when I, I had um, basically shared this with you, that anytime I see your name come across, I know that it's going to be a real country album. I know it's going to be a real country single. And so, Dennis, my question to you, and, you know, I want to say this, you know, as, as lightly as I can and I don't want to ruffle any feathers or anything, but um, I'm wondering how have you managed, you know, to, you know, really be true to traditional country all these years when if you look around you, even some of the people that started with you, you know, might not be doing traditional country anymore. Well, I guess it depends on your definition of traditional country. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I'm not doing Lefty Frizzell tradition or, right. you, know, you know, my, my lyrics and my vocals are country. Right. That's because that's who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, the productions on my stuff are, are country in, in, in the sense that you got the fiddle and the steel and you got the country thing going, but the, the, the tracks on my music are pretty progressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still think it's it's traditional country, right. but it's a little bit more progressive than you know some of the early stuff that was done. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think I'm consistent because that's who I am. Right. Uh, right. I, I I'm traditional country, and my producer understands that, and he understands me better than anybody else, or understands my music, and he knows what I'm going for when when I walk in there. So. It's, and and the, the session guys love to play with me because they know they get an opportunity to play some real country. Right, right. Yeah, that's great. Do you almost always use the same studio and same players? I don't always use the same studio, but I've been so fortunate that on three of the full-length albums that I have, uh, I ended up with virtually the same players there's a couple here and there but you know i, I got great people like uh eddie bears uh playing drums on only all of those he was cma musician of the year 13 times uh, wow. 
you know, Tom, uh, I got uh, <clears throat> my, my steel player, Tom White, both Tom and, and, and uh, Joe, both, they both play at the Grand Ole Opry every, you know, every weekend. Uh, Tommy White playing steel. And uh, I just, I've had uh, very consistent, you know, pretty much the same players on, on the albums. So there's, there's a change here and there, but for the most part, the, the core group is the same. So you always record in Nashville? I do. Uh, in my early days, I recorded some in Jackson, Mississippi, and I recorded in Memphis once. But uh, ever since I, ever since the mid '80s, I've been doing my recording in Nashville. And we don't, we don't actually. I I attempt to use a different studio just each each album because I just want a different experience. Uh, as long as I got the you know my producer and the, and the good quality musicians uh, i don't know that the studio is going to make that big a difference they're all going to be quality studios it's just uh just an opportunity to experience something different yeah it really depends on the musician and you know the producer too i mean that's you, right and 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 in the rates you know we mm -hmm. we recorded the last album the opposite walls album at the sound emporium i really enjoyed that studio but but I've enjoyed every studio I've gone to in Nashville. They're all professional people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Top of the line. You know, people that aren't even in the country music business record in Nashville. And there's a reason for that. You know, top yeah. musicians all the way. So, um, I, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just say I've always said that if if I'm going to compete with the big boys, I got to be using the same people that they're using. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree with you. But you do you live in Louisiana or do you live in Nashville? I live in uh, Louisiana. You do. OK. OK. Mm -hmm. But I spend a lot of time in Nashville. OK. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, I know that you, you know, gig everywhere. I mean, I was looking at one of your old uh, gig schedules and it seems like you pretty much play across the U.S. and then some. Well, I, I don't get to play as much as I'd like to. Uh, you know, we had the discussion about my my, my turbine work, you know. Right. Uh, I've had a couple of bands together, and we got a chance to do a lot of gigs. But but what happens is during the, the spring and the fall, that's when the outage season, if I want to make enough money to record the next album, I got to take time <laughs> off to you know, right. to, to do that. And mm -hmm. when you do that, it breaks continuity with your band and you, you know, the people that are in the band, right. they, they drift off and get in another band. And so it's really oh, hard yeah. to do. It's hard to keep, keep mm -hmm. a, a band together that way. Now is your band usually based out of Nashville or based out of Louisiana? Well, I don't even have a band right now. <laughs> uh, well, when you pick your fellas, where do you pick them from? When I was I'm playing hard in Louisiana, I had a band out of Louisiana. Mm -hmm. But uh, if, if someone was to call me today and say, I want you to play this gig, I would probably get with some folks in Nashville and put a band together from there right now. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, totally. Um, and then in terms of the songs on this album, I mean, we talked about the greatest country singer of all time. And you said that Rain is going to come out soon. Um, is there a particular song on this album? I mean, they're all great. You know, oh my gosh, I really can't pick a filler. 
um, on this album. You know, it sounds like you really took your time. And, you know, I've, there's been a couple of artists this year that have really surprised me where I've listened to the whole album and I said, oh, goodness, there's not a filler on here. And you're one of them. Um, but I'm sure you must have a favorite. You know, almost always there's like that one song that just speaks to you or hits you a different way. Do you have something like that on this album? You know, I think the hardest thing that I've had to, ever had to do was to decide what songs to release as singles on this album. Right. And uh, I think, well, I, and I released Opposite Walls first, and it was the, the title cut on the album. Mm -hmm. And if if Airplay is any indication of whether or not it was good, Opposite Walls stayed at oh, number one in the New York. New oh, music yeah. weekly charts for eight mm -hmm. weeks. Yep. Absolutely. So I guess Opposite Walls is probably my favorite on this album, but I I sat down last night and uh drug up on my computer, drug up my uh my wave tracks. I, I like listening to the wave tracks, they're just oh. a lot cleaner cleaner than the than the mp3s but i sat there last night and listened to all of them and trying to figure out what you know what my next single is going to be and the one after that and then and i just keep jumping back and forth and i just have to wait till the time comes and then just throw right. a dart i guess right well it's a it's a you know good problem to have right that you have so many awesome songs on an album that it's hard to choose, you know, so that's great. But let's go ahead and spin Opposite Walls. We were one of the stations that just, you know, spun the heck out of that single because it's just so darn good. And it's one of our recurrents right now. So let's go ahead and hear that. The silence of indifference breaks my heart in two. I know that I still love you And I pray you love me too But when we go to bed at night Preparing for the fall My back's to yours and yours to mine And the silence says it all Opposite walls The muse to all my songs Your smiling face, your sparkling eyes That always brought me home But somewhere in this dance We both fell out of step I can't believe with all we share The only thing that's left Is opposite walls Silence don't help at all. 
So that is probably one of the best songs on that album. And all the songs are just so good. But that was the first song that I heard from the album. And you had just shared that it was kind of the uh, the lead single because it's the title track. So um, I don't know if when you released that song, you knew the impact that it was going to have. I mean, was it something that you just felt it right away? You said, oh, this is a, it's going to be a hit for me. You know, when we recorded that album, uh, that particular song during the during the session, I knew that was going to be a good song. I, I, I felt it. I felt it in my heart, and that's that's why it ended up being the the first release. And it did well. It went uh, number one on the New Music Weekly charts, and it stayed there for eight weeks. And that's almost impossible. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. <laughs> that's great. So you saw, you said that you felt it, that you just knew. So it kind of resonated with you. Um, and, you know, that kind of brings me to a, a quote that I read about Waylon. Waylon said that country music is a feeling. And then Harlan Howard said that it is uh, basically three chords and the truth. So what does Dennis Ledbetter say country music is? I agree with both of them. And I believe that country music is life put to music. We just, whatever we're living, you put that to music and it become it, it can become a country song. Now, the thing about it is, is that there's no subject in the world that country music hasn't written about. So you've got to be able to come up with a way to say the same thing that's been said a thousand times in a different way. And that's what I try to do when I write. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Authenticity. You know, I, a lot of people that um, maybe don't listen to country music every day, like I'm sure you and I do. Um, they do say that country music is genuine. It's, it's grown up music. <laughs> 
you know, it's, it's about real life. So that's, I think that's something that, you know, we're known for, you know, if you're going to listen to a country song, um, you're going to listen to something about real life. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why some of, you know, some of the more modern country that's come out now, um, you know, doesn't really talk about the heartbreak, doesn't talk about, you know, going through a tough time and, and things like that. Um, things that a lot of people can relate to because they've been there. Uh, so that's, you know, probably, I I would say probably one of the biggest, um, I don't know, criticisms about some of the music that's coming out right now. Um, and, you know, I've had this conversation um, with several people before uh, concerning the uh, country music chart. So obviously, you know, um, you're in the independent world. You know, we have a couple charts there, but the mainstream charts like Billboard and, and some of these other charts that are out there don't really reflect some of the music that's being, you know, uh, produced and released in the independent country music scene. So I, you know, what's your thought about maybe having a uh, another country music chart that focuses more on kind of that stone cold country music? You know, Billboard's never going to reflect the music that the independents do because we don't have the money to, we can't spend half a million dollars promoting a song to get it on Billboard. Right. Uh, as far as the charts are concerned, you've got the, you know, the New Music Weekly chart, the Indie World chart, the CDX chart, mm -hmm. this chart, that chart. And uh, I think Music Row has a chart too. Yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. Music Row, I think, tries to be thinks that they're billboard but they're not <laughs> and right. uh but they they typically music row and, and billboard they're they're not going to venture out into the independent market and play traditional country they're going to stick mm -hmm. with with uh the reporting stations are owned by the by sony and all of the big boys anyway so they're not going to let them play that stuff they're going to let them make them play the stuff that they record right. so yeah we we do need a good independent uh chart there's a there's one in europe there's not many in europe but that's i'm, I'm huge in europe mm -hmm. uh i got a, a message the other day that on the i was number one on the music uh european charts a couple of that's weeks great. ago wow. and uh, you know they they tell me you need to go where you're loved and that's that's typically what i try to do i don't waste a lot of time and money on on radio stations that I know I'm not going to get any airplay on. Uh, I, I work with, with people like yourself and, and the folks that still enjoy traditional country music. And it doesn't have to be hardcore country, but independent artists, right. uh, people that are out there trying to, trying to get airplay where they can't get it on the big, on the bigger stations. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But, you know, you know, having a chart like that, you also, you, you almost have to have a, I mean, it takes it takes a lot of money to set up a format like that, and and uh, and then you got to get radio stations to sign up to report to that particular chart, et cetera, et cetera. So, it, it's it's not an easy thing to do, but it sure would be nice to have one. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. But you know, in terms of Billboard, uh, Dennis, you know, I when I look back, like I'm a big fan of '90s country music. I just am. And because um, I lived through the 90s and um, back then, it seemed like there was more traditional country music. I remember, 
you know, listening to Randy Travis, you know, on the radio, I was still hearing some of uh, Keith Whitley's music, even though he passed in 89, they were still playing some of his music, um, you know, Ken Mellon's, you know, and I mean, it's just, it goes on and on. And so, um, you know, Alan Jackson, I mean, just, it was more traditional, you know, back in the nineties. Well, so, um, and they were charting on billboard. So do but you that's, think that's before Sony and, and the bigger and the conglomerate, you know, the big conglomerate went in and bought up all the radio stations oh. and, uh, they, you know, they didn't own those stations at that particular era. In that era, they, uh, they, they since have basically, you know, created a monopoly as far as the radio stations are concerned. So, regardless of which station you tune into across the United States or the world at AMFM, they're owned by the bigger conglomerates, and they're not going to play any independent artists, and they're not going to play a bunch of traditional country because they're the artists that are signed to their their label are not doing traditional country. Right. So what do you think needs to happen so that traditional country makes a comeback on a national level where it's charting, you know, uh, on the billboard charts and some of these artists that are on these major labels start to say, you know what, you know, I, I want to do this kind of country. What do you think needs to happen? <clears throat> I don't, I don't think you'll ever see traditional country on the billboard like chart. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's a thing of the past. Uh, what we need is, is to continue uh, doing what we do. You know, as artists, we've got to continue creating and, and, and putting the uh, traditional country music out there. And we have to depend on folks like yourselves and your station to continue to play it so that those of us that really enjoy traditional country haven't have a place to go to listen to it and uh you know maybe we just build our beach once one grain of sand at a time and and just keep on keeping on and not worry about what billboard and in the in the mainstream's doing right so your answer is and hmm, I, I think that's an interesting answer and probably more realistic your answer is to strengthen the networks that we already have for independent country music and, you know, and add, of course, more outlets and things like that and just make that network real strong so that it won't matter. <laughs> well, you know, uh, digital radio, I mean, uh, digital radio is, is the coming thing. It's going to take over the AM FM market. You know, you got the technology now where you can take a thumb drive and stick it in your car and listen to whatever you want to. Or you can, you know, it's not going to be long. Those computers in the car, you'll be able to tune in uh, the digital country station that you like. You know, the one you always listen to when you're sitting home on your computer. So at, at some point in time, there there will be an avenue where people will be able to listen to whatever they want to. And I think digital will overtake the AMFM market and they'll be left out in the cold. And of course, they'll be scrambling to get on the digital market. But all of us independents will already be embedded there. Wow. Yeah, I see that. I absolutely see that. I, I absolutely do. Because um, I, I think you're right. I think, you know, there are some artists out there that kind of dabble with traditional country music, or they'll put out that one or two, you know, songs that are just, you know, have those stone cold roots, and then everything else isn't, you know, um, because they know there is a very strong fan base 
support traditional country music, but um, you know, it's just not bringing in the numbers like you know X Y Z would want. And I I have a real good friend who's an engineer in Nashville, and when all this started happening, you know, uh, about a decade ago, a little over that actually, he told me he goes, you know, Santa, what's going on is that it's more cost effective to have you know a digital instruments, and um. You know, if the the record companies made a lot of money, you know, back in the 90s and then it all fell out with, um, oh, gosh, uh, what is the name of uh, Napster? Napster. He said it all fell out when that happened. He said and they've not been able to recoup their money since. So now they're looking at making music where they can use you know, things that aren't, you know, <laughs> that aren't like a, a, you know, real guitar or a real drum or that type of thing, because it's more cost effective. He said, and it's just a matter of time. Everything's going to go that way because it's just cheaper for them. Yeah. I don't, think, that, yeah. I don't think, tra- I don't think traditional country will go that direction. I, yeah, me either. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's nothing, you know, the, the, getting a group of guys in the studio that play guitars and fiddles and drums and bass, you know, all of these things that that happen in the studio that that's not going away. Mm -mm. I don't think so. Uh, Because the, the music, I don't know that the music that we're trying to produce would, would, would even sound right under those conditions. No. Sounds tinny and soulless. I like to say. Yeah. Soulless. And, you know, that's a big part of, you know, traditional country music. But I do see the reasoning. You know, that's why you hear a lot of this other music that, you know, don't have a lot of, you know, live instruments. They have a lot of software instruments and loops and drum, you know, uh, beats and things like that, clap tracks, because it's just uh, less expensive to produce. And so that's, I, those are the types of things that we're seeing more on the uh, mainstream charts, you know, music. Absolutely. I agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah. That that's what, um, and that's what he was telling me. He's like, this is, you know, it's, it's less expensive. And so at the end of the day, uh, record companies are out to make money. It's a music business and they're not really going to care a lot about a lot of other things. They care about their bottom line and being able to recoup their investment, you know, probably 10 times over or something. I'm not sure. And so if they can do that by, you know, having less musicians in the studio and having, you know, more of these other things, they're going to do that, you know, because it just means it's less out of pocket for them, you know. But you're right. Traditional country music and blues and other, you know, music types like that, folk music, they're not going to use any of those things. <laughs> those well, I, are think, more... mm-hmm. I think the thing that's going to, you know, the, the fact that there's thousands of, of small uh, radio stations, internet radio stations out there. Mm-hmm. And, and the people that are, that are running those stations and, and keeping that music alive is, they're not making any money. Most of them are paying most of their, their out of their pocket. It's like we were talking about early. They do it because they love country music and they, they like being involved in it in any way they can. And as long as we've got uh, an avenue that we can take and we can get our music heard, um, 
so much the better. And it doesn't matter to me if it's AMF. Yeah, I'd like to be on billboard, but it's probably never going to happen. And uh, I, I don't have the kind of money to, to you know, to, to promote myself on a, on a billboard track. But I'm uh, I'm really amazed and, and so thankful and fortunate that in the little bit of time, I mean, I didn't start pushing my music hard till 2013. Oh, wow. And, and I'm here... You know, I've had three, very four very successful albums, and I've had eleven number one hits on the independent uh, charts, and mm -hmm. I got two off of the new album that's gone to number one, and one up in the number two or three spot right now. And I, I, I've just been really blessed, and and I know that my music's being played and heard and enjoyed all over the world, and. Uh, I've been blessed with a good day job. So as long as I got enough money to keep a right. roof on my head and uh, uh, food in my mouth and, and enough money to record the next album, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable. I don't need to be rich and famous. Right. Right. Dennis. Yep. You, you know, what would your advice be Dennis um, to someone like, you know, maybe someone like me who, you know, gosh, you know, they'd always dream about doing something like this, but they, you know, they haven't because, you know, it just seems like a a losing battle. You know, when you look at the music that's being put out, um, what kind of advice do you have? You know, what would you say, you know, someone that comes to you and says, Dennis, I'd love to do what you're doing. How, how do I do this? Well, the first thing you got to do is, is, is be true to yourself and define what success is, is to you. Is, is success making a lot of money and being famous or is or is success having an opportunity to uh, have people listen to your music and enjoy it? And there, there's sufficient avenues that, that people can get their music out there and have it heard uh, through these digital outlets and the, the internet radio stations. And, and there, you know, I get, I get some good AM FM airplay, but it's all the medium and smaller stations. I don't have any major AM yeah. FM stations playing my music, but, yeah. but I don't care because that's not what I'm after. Right. But if, if you really want to make it, you know, there's thousands and thousands of things you can do There's You know, there's uh every time you see an opportunity, go for it. Just, you know, you just got to try different things. You, you know, I've, I've tried a lot of different avenues and some of them have worked and some of them that haven't. Uh, but obviously, you know, the biggest thing you got to do is develop some kind of a distribution pr uh, process. And then once you get it to them, you got to do some promotion and, and uh, radio promotion, even on the independent side is not cheap. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you still got to be willing you know, you got to be willing to spend money on promotion. Uh, I and see people, yourself. you know, the thing that aggravates me the most is that you got all of these, these internet stations out there that are trying to help you and they're, they're starving to death. It, you know, it's, it's hard for them to even keep the, the doors open on their, their radio stations. And every now and then they'll ask for a donation and they're, you know, I'm in trouble. I need some help. And everybody says, well, let's pay for play. No, that's not pay for play. Mm -hmm. You're supporting the people that right. support you. Of course. You know, you, 
you got to help them stay afloat too. They're, they're not asking you to jump in and send them a check for a thousand dollars. But if, if you'll support those little stations and people that are playing your music and you know, $25 here, $50 there, that helps them pay the bills and it helps them exactly. stay on the air and it helps you stay on the air. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Exactly. And that's, you know, really a, a thoughtful, comment you know and just being cognizant that that's what's going on you know nowadays um you do have a lot of independent stations you know some on the internet only and um yeah they're not you know making any money you know um un unless they can you know sell ad space and things like that you know that just doesn't happen for a lot of those stations because you know they're small stations you know run by people that are country music fans Basically, that's what it comes down to. And they play the type of music that they enjoy. You know, they play Dennis Ledbetter and Scott Southworth and, you know, people that are really putting out great music, you know. So, yeah, I agree with you 100 percent. And I think that's solid advice. Person just has to get out there and create opportunities. And there's a good network already in place for independent country music. So but the first thing that you said about really defining what success is. I think that is so important, right? Because if you don't know the target that you're trying to shoot, it's kind of hard to, to hit it, right? So yeah, I, because I, you know, I, I honestly feel, and I'm not being vain, I think I'm extremely successful. Mm -hmm. uh, I've done what I really set out to do. I've got my music out there. Uh, my music's on the internet, on YouTube, on, on any kind of digital service you could possibly want. My music's out there, and it'll be there forever unless, you know, Armageddon right. happens and that, but, but <laughs> right. it's, but it's there, you know, and, and people will be able to go, I'll be long dead and gone and people will still be able to enjoy my music. Yep. I, I think that's successful myself. Yep. I, I agree. I agree 100%. Um, you know, you feel like you're being able to share your music with the world and you have lots of people that love to hear your music. I mean, that's why you and I are talking today, you know, cause every time we play Dennis Ledbetter, you know, I get emails, I get <laughs> tags, I get calls. Oh, this is a great song. Is this the new one from Dennis Ledbetter? So obviously there are a lot of people that really enjoy that stone cold country music, which, you know, warm. Your, your listeners might enjoy my website at DennisLedbetter.com because they can go there and listen to all my music for free. Oh, that's great. That's and if they awesome. had a, if they had a desire, they can yep. download them too. But, but, great. but at any rate, they can go there and listen to the music. Yeah, that sounds great. Now, you said that you really started this journey like in 2013 in terms of promoting yourself. Now, there's a song. I don't know if it came out in 2013 or not, but it was the first song I ever heard from you. And um, gosh, I want to say that the title is um, I'll Let the Bottle Kill Me. I'll uh, Let the Bottle Kill Me Before Her Memory Does. Yes. Now, was that back in 2013? When, when did that come out? That was on the, the that four song EP that I was telling you about, mm. and uh, you know that that is a that is a gorgeous song. It's definitely hardcore country, and it was written by a friend of mine from Nashville by the name of Brad Howard. Uh, Brad Howard. Brad, yeah. Brad Howard, Outlaws to the In Laws. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we he, love his music. Yeah, he recorded it first. On, on one of his albums and then uh 
he and I got to go together and we have you ever heard of the Academy of, of uh, Western Music, AWA? Yes, yes. Out in Fort is it out in Fort Worth? Well, yeah, it's out of Oklahoma, but Oklahoma. But, uh, the AWA is a true great organization then and, and mm -hmm. their their whole uh all they want to do in life is to promote traditional country pure country western swing and western music and uh many many of my my better bigger friends better friends that i've learned met in the music business is through the awa uh i was I, i've been for i've been nominated for multiple rewards every year at, with the awa and in uh in 2017, I won uh, the Pure Country Song of the Year for a tune on the second album called uh, Tell Me I'm Wrong. That's great. And then uh, this past year, I won Pure Country Male Artist of the Year with the AWA. And uh, that, the folks are treated, they're just good people. They're just down-home people, and they love music, and they, they have the same attitude. They're whether they get, they, yeah, they'd like to, they'd like to make money, but that's not what drives them. The music right. drives them. Right. And they really promote traditional country music, huh? And Texas. Hard. That's hard. They, they promote it hard. And, you know, they've got, uh, they've got a distribution outlet called uh, Indie Express. Hmm. And uh, you can go to their website, the Academy of Western Artists and uh, look up the Indie, Indie Express and, and you can, for a minimal cost. I mean, it's, it's minimal. You send that music to them and they send it out to over five or 600 DJs that, oh, that wow. play, that play a uh, traditional country, pure country and West, you know, Western swing and, and cowboy music, Western music. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so great. That, that's that's awesome. a good, that's a really good avenue for folks to pursue. Yeah. If they're wanting to get their music out there, I'm taking notes uh, Dennis. <laughs> Yeah, particularly if you're, you know, if you're traditional country, mm -hmm. Western swing or Western, you need to get involved with the AWA. Wow. That's, that's amazing. That's great. So you feel you'll be able to, you know, uh, juggle the job and your, you know, music career. Um, and do you hope to get to a point where, you know, maybe you just do music or what's your sense about that? You know, Sam, I, I would love to be in a position to do nothing but music, but it's so difficult to make money uh, with the music, even with all of the airplay that I'm getting. I mean, uh, you know, the strength, the, the payouts for the streaming music are point yeah. zero zero two cents a player. I'm, I don't know that I'll ever, you know, unless something, unless I break something big and get an opportunity to, to, go out and do a, a full-blown tour and i'm not even sure i want to do that that's a lot of work and a lot well, of money involved in that it could be someone records one of your songs though too. well you know that's probably the biggest opportunity that i have uh, available to me i'm i'm getting enough airplay maybe one of the songs that i've written will, will fall in the hands of somebody that'll that's a major artist and they'll take it and run with it and i'll make something out of it but even if it doesn't i don't care right right but it's possible though you know, it's but that's probably my yeah. That's probably my best uh, opportunity there. You know, I'll continue to do as, as yeah, much yeah. live stuff as I can, but I doubt I'll ever get out and do you know do road work 265 days out of the well, year. Yeah, that's that's yeah that that takes a lot of uh, commitment. But even so, I see that you you know 
you've played, you know, in quite a few states. So I don't know how you do it. You know, you, well, you said you have a consulting firm now. So you basically set your own hours. Is that's that, is pretty that true. Yeah, that's true. And then, like, for instance, I'll be, you know, from starting January the 4th, I won't be available to, to, to do my music again till March, but then I'll have March through December next year to, to continue to, to do it. I'll probably uh, end up in the studio sometime in June or July and start recording some new stuff. But yeah. like I was telling you earlier, I got so many singles off of this current album that I want to release. I don't know that I'll release a new album anytime soon. No, I uh, agree. Yeah. I they, just, they, I just, I want, you know, People have, you know, my album's available for people to listen to, but even as as good as the digital world is, is most of them don't know where to go. So if I really want to bring attention to one of the songs that's on the album, I just about have to release it as a single. Right, and right. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, like I said, I don't think there's a song on the album that doesn't, doesn't deserve to be released as a single. I don't know if I'll get to do that many of them, but. But I'll, I'm going to end up re- I'm going to end up releasing at least five or six songs off of this album before I release a new album. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. It's good. It's a great song. Um, the the your latest release is a great song. You know, greatest country music singer of all time. And then the songs on the album, you know, opposite walls are just good. Like I said, um, I've sat through listening to that whole album at least six or seven times and i've come back saying i can't spot the filler (laughs) because there's usually there's usually a couple let's be honest dennis you know well you're talking philosophy there and and (laughs) and i've always had the philosophy and and i've bought records where there were one or two good songs and the rest of it was crap that they did and just threw in there and i i told myself that that, that I'm going to try every album that I record and I may not be successful at it, but, but I'm not going to go into the studio thinking, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to record a crap album this time. <laughs> I'm going to go into the studio with the best songs that I can, I can get at my disposal. And I'm going to try to make every one of those songs uh, a song that's worth releasing as a single. Right. No, absolutely. Well, you know, and I think you've been probably through a lot, you know, it's, it sounds to me like most people that really uh, write good country music. And of course, that's, you know, all relative, right? It depends on your perspective. But, um, you know, what I consider to be good country music, it's usually because, you know, they've, you know, kind of gone through, you know, a thing or two. Um, and I was just wondering uh, if, you know, there's a point that you can think of back in your life where, you know, you maybe had to push through something that was kind of difficult, you know, and what that might have been and what kind of advice would you have for someone going through anything at this time? Well, I think if you took all three of my full full albums and the EP and bundled them all up into one package, <laughs> you could retitle the whole thing, My Life is a Country Song. <laughs> Right. And uh, although I didn't write all of those songs, they 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 all meant something to me because of my personal experience in life. Right. Mm-hmm. So is it fair to say that you usually pick songs that kind of reflect, you know, what you've been through or what you might be going through, even if you didn't write them? That's absolutely correct. You would say that. 
Now, is there a point in your life that you can think back on that you think was especially hard for you that you were able to pull through? I like to ask this question of everyone that comes on the show just because I've learned that most people have an unrealistic view of, you know, of singers. They think that, you know, everything's rosy and great all the time. And that's just not true. You know, you're human and we all go through stuff, you know, and we're all going through this COVID thing right now. Right. Um, yeah. On some level. I, I've shied away from writing about COVID. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just don't. Uh, I don't need to be reminded of it. I've got enough stuff reminding me of it every day. But in regards to what you were saying, you know, if, if someone does, like you said, sat down and listen to uh, my my music, uh, all three of the albums and the EP, and and uh, they'll have no doubt in their minds that, I, that I've been through some rough times. Because right. a lot of that, mu that music reflects where I've been. All right. I hear you. So De Dennis doesn't want to say what <laughs> he's saying. <laughs> there's been so many things. I can't point to one thing. <laughs> no. you, you, uh, would that be accurate? <laughs> I mean, yeah. And I've got, you know, I've even got a love, I got a love song on the, on the opposite walls album. That's something that's rare for me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a fiance now too. As a matter of fact, uh, the, the love song I was telling you about, it's called, I remember. It's on the uh, Opposite Walls album that was written for her. Oh, that's nice. That's absolutely awesome. So let's go ahead and hear that song, I Remember. I remember how it feels to be consumed Those sweet smells of your perfume Even on a cloudy day Your love warms me with its rays With every passing mile I can see you smile How it feels to be loved I feel it just because When you walk into the room It feels like love and blue When I look into your eyes I remember how it feels to be in love I remember your sweet smile How you make me feel desire I feel important to someone Truly I admire your passion and your fire Your brown eyes and your simple country charm How it feels to be loved I feel it just because When you walk into the room It feels like love and blue And when I look into your eyes I remember how it feels to be in love I never thought I'd ever feel this way again When my last love came to an end 
I felt like I was doomed My love was gone too soon But then you took my hand And reminded this man How it feels to be loved I feel it just because When you walk into the room It feels like love in blue When I look into your eyes I remember how it feels to be in love I remember how it feels to be in love So then um, when we come back, uh, my question is basically going to be on how people can connect with you. So if you have your website address, your Facebook, your Twitter, um, all the different ways people can, you know, connect with you, download your music um, and just get to know you, you know, a tad bit better. So just, you know, that's really going to be my ending question for the most part. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's that's good, and and I, you know, the really the best thing is just to to route them to my website because uh, everything's uh, there. Yeah, pretty much everything there, and and Facebook basically. All I do on Facebook is promote my music. I, I'm sure most of my five thousand friends uh, have unfriended <laughs> me by now, but. Well, you don't follow anyone on Twitter, Dennis. I just looked. You don't even follow Stone Cold Country. I was upset. You know, you know what? It, you know what the problem with that is? I'm old and I don't know a damn thing about Twitter. <laughs> You're not old. Come on now, jeez. Um, I, oh, you know, I really, I really can't. Yeah. I just can't do Twitter. <laughs> I'm on there, but I just don't get involved in it. Oh, yeah, I know there's a lot of drama going on on there. All kinds of crazies um, come out because uh, they think they can because they're behind the computer. <laughs> so, right. yeah, I know right. what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. And on, my, on my Facebook page, I, 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 make, I get mixed up every now and then, and I'll make a comment here and there, but I try not to be political or religious on Facebook. And uh, oh, no. I'm, just, I'm just sitting there trying to, trying to promote my my music and support yep. my friend stuff like yep. that now do you are you a, a you know man of faith do you believe in god and everything or are you i do i'm a, i was i'm a born and raised catholic i'm not what you call a, a good catholic but i'm a good christian <laughs> right right no i believe in jesus christ as my savior oh good all right and, uh, right. and i believe that that the world's going to go to hell in a handbasket if we don't return to him I agree. Now, is that something I can air? Or you don't want me to air that. I just want I don't to... care. That's oh. fine. I always ask, you know, something's just a tad bit, you know, I, I want you to be happy with the end product. One question I forgot to ask you, Dennis, is um, what's the, the like your most favorite song that you've ever recorded, period? Not just on this album. I mean, of all time. Well, I mean, the one that's had the most impact on my life and my music is is the the title cut off my first album, uh, "If You Drive Me to Drinking, I'll Buy the Gas." Mm-hmm. Okay, that's how everything got started. So that's that's your how it all got started. 
Mm-hmm. And, and that one was so successful, it just built a fire in me that I just kept going. Wow, that's great. And I'm just wondering how you knew to get the right musicians and everything else. I mean, you've never been in a recording studio before. I mean, that just takes so much guts and nerve. I just, you know, I don't know. Because most people, you know, kick around a little bit playing in, in bands and doing this and that. But it sounds like you just went for it. <laughs> well, I, I skipped the, uh, you know, the 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 bands and the and the and all the touring and all that, and jumped straight into the recording studio. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I had, you know, just I was depending on friends to help me, and uh, I had a friend by the name of Tim Calhoun that uh, introduced me to my current uh, producer. And it just turns out that that my producer Tom Harding uh, is is one of the best in Nashville, and and he's he's got uh, you know he all of those those net musicians that are there are available to him and through him, and and he's always uh, taking good care of me, and I'm I'm just so blessed to have that much talent on my side. I I've always said that 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 I'm not. I'm not really that talented, but if I surround myself with people that are more talented than me, I'll end up being successful at some point. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. That's amazing. Well, we are going to hear if you drive me to drinking as the closing song, but I did want to give you the opportunity, Dennis, to just tell the fine folks anything that I haven't asked you. Is there anything that you'd like to tell your uh, fans and new fans after listening to this podcast, they might say, wow, I really need to check out Dennis Ledbetter. So if you have any parting words for them and also give them a way to connect with you. You know, I think the the thing that's most important when you're building a fan base, you, you, you got to pay attention to each and every one of them and build your beach one one grand of sand at a time. I appreciate all of my fans and 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 all of the uh, artists that are around me. But the 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 main thing is you got to think about the people that are playing the music. You gotta you gotta support the the radio stations, whether there be AM FM or or small internet stations. And you know don't don't get to the point where you think that that those people are rolling in dough and making it get, drop them $10 every now and then. Uh, if you, if you really like an independent artist, go to their website and go to those sites and heck, you don't have to download all their albums, but download one or download a few, a few songs here and there uh, and give us an opportunity to recoup so that we can get back in the studio and make more music for you. But I can only say that, that I I love and and I appreciate all of my DJ friends and all of the folks in radio that play my music and, and truly, truly am happy to have the fans that I have and and the support that they give me. And, and I love you. I love you each and every one of you. And I, and I pray that you all have a a good year and uh, stay safe and healthy with all that's going on. And uh, just God bless you all and, and uh, enjoy some good country music. Yeah, here, here. And what is your website? How can they connect with you, Dennis? Very simple. It's DennisLedbetter.com. Right. And if, and if you want to, 
if you want to join me on Facebook, it's Dennis Paul Ledbetter. But I only have about 200 slots left. They're fixing to cut me off. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll it maxes out at like 5,000 or something. Right. I'm almost at 5,000 right now. Good Lord. All right. Well, we want to really thank you, you know, for taking the time out to talk to us and to, you know, let the fine folks know more about the man behind the music. And we're going to leave with the song that actually started everything for you. And that's If You Drive Me to Drinking, I'll Buy the Gas. If you drive me to drinking, I'll buy the gas. a new pair of boots, a pretty top, or a cool new gadget. And while you're at it, check out my favorites on the Shredded Threads collection. All my favorite holy and shredded jeans all in one place. Go on to stonecoldcountry.net forward slash shop and check out my hand-picked favorite jeans on the Shredded Threads collection under the more tab. Happy shopping!
On the Brink 2021.